Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another wonderful, fantastic episode of Destiny Midweek. Today, we are finishing our discussion on Romans 8. And we hope that wherever you're listening to this, that you are nice and warm. I'm Mark Bell, and with me, we have Pastor Matt Bell. Matt, how are you? Doing well. Trying to stay warm in this crazy 50-degree weather we're having today. I guess it's 47. It's 47, and it's windy, though, too. Yeah, that wind chill. Got to factor that in. It just cuts through you, as Pastor Terry says. I've got... uh, Cuts some right friends, through you. Some friends up in the northern regions. Oh, yeah? And it's uh, 12 degrees up in Wapaka, Wisconsin. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that, I can't remember the last time it was that cold here. Well, we can probably get used to it, I imagine. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Four degrees in Minneapolis. <laughs> I've got some other pastor friends today, so. It's great. We're having a, a heat wave down here compared to what they're dealing with but uh yeah enjoying this nice winter weather when it's cold in december the christmas music seems to take on a new life at least for me i haven't i haven't been able to get into much christmas spirit yet i I don't know have you tried today no i haven't tried i've I've been kind of busy on other things but like you're wearing a red sweater it's a hoodie hood hoodie it looks very christmasy we haven't even gotten our christmas lights up oh, tree got a tree we got a tree we did that the day after thanksgiving okay we got lights on it one strand has gone out after <sighs> after we already put all the ornaments on is it a real tree it is a real tree and uh yeah but I, i'm just we've watched a christmas movie here and there but what'd you watch white christmas mm. and then Man, how can you watch White Christmas and not get into We that? had it on when we were putting up the tree. Yeah. That's kind of our thing. And then I came home the other night and Heather was watching Christmas with the Cranks. Mm-hmm. And so I watched the rest of it with her. And uh, it just, I don't know. Like you said, the, the Christmas music is more Christmassy when it's cold. And I was like, oh yeah, we're in the Christmas season. Like I hadn't even, I hadn't even thought about that for, for days. That's honestly. Okay. It's so. interesting because that's like all we're talking about around here is yeah, Christmas stuff. Getting ready for Christmas events and things, but um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it'll kick in at some point, I guess, or maybe it won't. Maybe I'm just maybe not. Maybe that's what happens when you are 38. Yeah, you're just a Scrooge. I'm not. I'm not particularly Scroogey today. I just, I just, you just don't feel it. Just, I don't feel it. Not. I don't. I mean, you don't force yourself to feel right. it, right? I mean that that doesn't that doesn't seem right but i'm not like oh man i can't wait to watch home alone or or man these christmas movies i don't yeah. know yeah it, we've only watched two christmas movies usually by this point we'll have watched quite a bit more maybe it's just we're more busy this year you know you know what i think it is a little bit is like you said more busy this year and i haven't i haven't been at home much been working over here a lot yeah lately on some stuff and so like haven't haven't had very much downtime or family time mm-hmm. at all really the last couple of weeks so that's probably why have you been to fiesta texas yet we did we went um 
uh, when was that? Two week two weeks ago. Okay. Right at, right after uh, Thanksgiving, and it was nice. We had a good time. Didn't see the the productions yet, but but yeah, I think it just is just being busy. So, yeah, we took Bobby and April Sayre to Fiesta Texas. That was nice on Saturday, Friday, and that was cool because they their kids had never been to Fiesta Texas ever ever wow and so it was cool just seeing them be excited about all of that and then we saw the christmas production with uh, what's it called the majesty of christmas the majesty of christmas if you haven't seen that oh yeah you gotta go check it out what it's like 100 percent jesus joseph and mary yeah i mean they angels most of the script is straight yeah, from the bible chapter two you, you even re- old old king james you really ought to go see it if you have a pass it, it's definitely worth checking out very inspiring i cry yeah all the time when i go see that so that's, that's what i need to do that's probably it that's it i need to go see that maybe i'll go tonight no it's not open bah humbug maybe sometime this weekend <laughs> And maybe it's because like this series has gone a little long, Romans 8. It's gone two weeks now into December. Yeah. In in the past couple of years, I'm usually into a Christmas series, but Romans 8's just got so much good stuff, you know. So maybe, maybe once I start getting some Christmas messages together. So maybe it's not the greatest chapter in the Bible if it's keeping you from getting in the Christmas spirit. Well, is the Christmas spirit even godly? Is, is that a man-made marketing thing? I would say is any- commercialism? Any spirit other than the Holy Spirit is probably not godly. Even if it's the spirit of Christ, must. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, we ought to do an episode next week about the pagan origins of Christmas. We could. Yeah, yeah, we could do a deep dive on that. That'd be fun. If you want to do that, I'll, I'll be up here saying stuff too. Cool. It sounds like fun. <clears throat> sure. So speaking of Christmas, we've got... A slew of events here at Destiny for Christmas. Yeah, of course. Thought it'd be good if we highlighted a few of them. We've, we've already had several parties and we things have. like that uh, with different ministries around the church. But yeah, we've got some really good stuff coming up. So this Wednesday. Today. Tonight. Tonight. If you're listening to this on Wednesday. Tonight. If you're listening to this on Thursday, you missed one of the best Christmas celebrations we've ever had at destiny church unless you're listening on thursday and we're also here last night that's true yes if you went last night which would be wednesday night if you're listening on thursday or if you thank you for coming if you went two nights ago and you're listening on friday you know how great this event is going it how great this event was that we're about to talk about but anyways so tonight at 7 p.m. The 11th, December the 11th. December the 11th at 7 p.m. We are having our family Christmas night. And this is going to be a lot of fun, a lot of excitement, a lot of Christmas in the air. One of our very own Hill students from The Hill Youth Ministry, which is the name of our youth ministry here at Destiny, Caroline Guajardo wrote a Christmas play 
all on her own. And she's directing it. And she's directing it. She casted it. She did it all. And we're going to be, uh, the elementary kids are going to be performing that. Our preschoolers are going to be doing a couple songs. And then after the performance, we're going to go out. We've got a great wide open field here at the church. And we're just going to have a lot of fun out there. We're going to have a couple photo booths set up. We're going to have some bean and cheese tacos from some place called Sangria on the Barge. Mm. And the owner of that restaurant guarantees that they will be the best bean and cheese tacos you've ever had. Yeah, so come early. Get get a spot in line. Well, you can't get in line until after the thing. Right, but, but still. Come early anyways. And we're going to have hot chocolate. We're going to have cookies, Oreos. We're just going to have it all. So pony come rides at 7 o'clock. Donkeys to pet. And then we're going to be having giveaways. Raffles. Raffles. We've got some items from Kendra Scott. I don't know what that is. Me neither. Sounds good. Zoo tickets. I know what that is. H-E-B gift cards. Wow. A gift set from Hey Eye Candy. Wow. That's all. I think that's like jewelry. Uh, maybe. And a gift card from Chick-fil-A. Wow. You know Chick-fil-A, right? Yeah, they're closed on Sunday. That's right. And then a gift card from Brevity. So, wow. man, that's... And we just want to thank all of these uh, vendors oh, yeah. for sponsoring and, and for giving us these giveaways. And, uh, yeah, so thanks for helping us put on a great event. So, anyways, that's tonight at 7 p.m. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be cold out there. Not too cold. It's Not too the cold. Perfect, the perfect kind of cold. It's that sweet spot. That sweet spot where you can put on a hoodie and not be sweating. Yeah. But not be freezing. Mm-hmm. So we're, come. We're going to have some carolers out there, too. So if you like to sing wow. along, wow, man, just come on out. What aren't we going to have? Uh, I think we got all the We've bases got it covered. All. So. We have got it all. And then this Saturday, which is the 14th, 14th of December, at 6 p.m., we're having our VIP Christmas party. Our VIPs are those that are 55 years and older, and they really know how to party. So that's going to be an awesome time. And then our big Christmas service here at Destiny Church. We call it Christmas at Destiny. Very creative. We're going to be having a service where everybody's going to be down in the main sanctuary. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've put together some activity bags for all of the kids that come. Some coloring books, some fruit snacks, some puzzles that every kid's going to get. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I will say, I've got a sneak peek at what we're going to be doing in that service. You do not want to miss the beginning of the service. Yeah, real special kickoff to the service on the 22nd. So come on, that's 1030. You need to be there a little bit early. Now, when I was a kid, they used to put like an orange and an apple in, in the gift bag. Are you going to put oranges and apples in there? Like, I, like a throwback? I, I thought about that. We should. We used to get at Sunday school, they yeah. would give us gift bags. Right. They had an orange, an apple, a candy cane, and like one of those Christmas tree shaped cookies. No, it was like a brownie tasty cake. You know, like yeah. it was cream filled. Like Debbie. Like a little Debbie. Like a something. little Debbie Christmas tree. Now. Yeah, we should do all of that. I probably won't get the little Debbie things, but fine. I can get an orange and apple. 
I think so. I used keep to keep it going, right? Right. I used to, as a child, throw the orange over the fence into the other property before I made it down the hill. I don't know why that was like my tradition. Like, what are they thinking? Why are they giving us kids an orange? Right. Now that's all you eat. That's it. So, <laughs> it's amazing. So you reap what you sow. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, so, so that's really what's going stuff. on. Awesome. A lot of fun at Christmas time. I love Christmas at Destiny. My favorite time of the year for sure. So we finished up Romans 8. We did the final week. Grand finale. Week 8. Did it feel like a finale? Uh, if it did, I felt like we had a good a good wrap up and I thought it was a good message about God's unconditional love and how nothing in life can separate us from his love. That's really what the Bible's all about. It's what is. Christmas is all about. It is. And so was there anything that you didn't get to, you know, I know trying to wrap it up, when people wrap up a TV show, maybe there's some loose ends they couldn't tie up. There's some things they didn't get to. Was there anything that you left out of the season finale of Romans 8? There, there was uh, one thing for sure that I kept thinking, I'll get, I'll get to that next week or I'll, I'll highlight it this week and never, never eventually got to it or found a place to put it in. But it, what, what that thing is, is the corporate component to the majority of the chapter in Romans 8. When I say corporate component, do you understand what I'm talking about? I believe you are saying that Paul was addressing the church as a whole. Yeah, there's a there's a like he's speaking to the whole body. Yeah, there's a there's a church-wide component idea that that runs through all of it. And so just before we started today, I I, I sat down and and kind of read through Romans 8 again and and wrote down the different times that he speaks in the the plural sense, mm-hmm. you know, not addressing people in, as individuals or, or singular, but addressing the group plural. And over 30 times in Romans 8, he uses the plural forms of we and you or ye in the old King James, mm-hmm. which that to me, that's the, the one thing the old King James has going for it is that you can tell when the you is plural i see because in english in in new english right you is you you is you is you is you is you you can't tell if it's plural or singular but in the old king james it has it ye when talking plural so if you were to say in the old king james hey what are you guys up to right did you say what are ye up to yes what are if you're talking to a group of people. Mm-hmm. It's so great to see ye. Mm. Man. <laughs> anyway, so over 30 times, it, it talks about, it, it. Paul addresses the group instead of individuals. And I, I never found the right place to, to pull that out or to show that. 
But for example, in verse 16, he says, we are the children of God. In verse 17, we suffer with him. So we will be glorified with him. And especially as it gets down to the latter part of Romans 8, that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us and that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so I I think that that idea is worth meditating on for how how do these apply these promises, how do these realities relate to not us as individuals, but us corporately as, as, as people who are part of the family of God. And I I think a lot of times when we, when we listen to the, the word preached, we're thinking, how does this apply to me in my individual life? not necessarily how does this apply to us or how does this apply to me in the context of being a part of the the people of God the family of God right and even even when i wrote the title for the series i changed a lot of the language from us our to me mine Mm-hmm. in the title and now having now now be, but but that's just the way a lot of times the series goes is is you sort of pick a title and and then as you really start to work through it you you get a better understanding of you know what's going on and as i was working through it week after week i'm like oh man i, I wish i hadn't changed the the verbiage there and made it personal i wish i would have kept it corporate Anyway, that's just, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, there's something I think worth thinking about and considering and meditating because he's so deliberate. The The majority of the pronouns are plural, not singular in Romans 8. Well, I think, I mean, just with that, we are more than conquerors. You know, thinking about that as, Together. Would you say together as a church or just together like as Christians as a whole? Because me, when I think about it like together as a church, like we are more than conquerors as a body, you know, if everybody would take on that attitude, like whatever happens to specific families within the church you know, we rally around that, hey, right. we're we're all more than conquerors. We're not going to let anything stop what God is trying to do within us as a group. And, you know, just thinking about it like that already, you start thinking about and processing different things on how, on where that could go and what that could mean. Right. Corporately versus individually. Right. And I've never thought about it in that way before. Right. You that- know, we think I'm more than a conqueror. Nothing's going to separate God from loving me. Right, but he doesn't, he doesn't say that you are more than a conqueror. He says that we are more than conquerors. Yeah. You know? Right. And it, it's this really 
cool idea that I, I haven't, you know, I, I never got to the point where I wanted to or was ready to to talk about it. And, and every message was like, well, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And never felt like I had the time. So I haven't really fleshed out that idea or medita- meditated, meditated, meditated on it very much. But I think it's something worth considering. And so I wanted to just like, you know, here on the, the destiny midweek deep dive that oh, we're yeah. doing. I just wanted to sow that seed into you. But in Ephesians chapter one, the end of Ephesians chapter one, verse 21, uh, verse 20, it says about Jesus that uh, he was raised from the dead and, and God has seated him at his right hand in heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Verse 22, this is the key verse. And he, that's God the Father, put all things under his feet, that's Jesus, and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and all. And this idea that God raised Jesus from the dead, has put everything under his feet, all authority, all power, all dominion, and then has now given Christ to the church, plural, us, God's people. And then he goes on to say that we now are the body of Christ and the fullness of him who fills all in all, that to really experience the fullness of the life that we have in Christ, you can't do that separated from his body, separated from the church, separated from a local group of believers that you are a part of and that you call home and that you're part of that church family. So to experience the fullness of the life of Christ in your life, you have to be a part of a local church. And there's a lot of people who are Christians that don't necessarily hold to that truth. Right, which is is sad. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's it's probably easier to do today than at any point in history. Right. Because you can podcast the greatest preachers in the world. I mean the the best. You can tune in on Sunday morning to I mean, a spiritual buffet right? of, you know, like, where, where was that one buffet we used to go to? That Golden had, Corral. Well, there's Golden Corral, but there's that one, or, or there's that one Italian slash Chinese food restaurant. Where's that place over on Fredericksburg? Anyway, but yeah, like Golden Corral, that's even an even better example. Ponchos? Were you thinking of ponchos? No, no, no. no. There's this no, Italian slash Chinese slash Mexican. Anyway, but yeah, Golden Corral, because you can go there and... Nobody has to agree on what they're going to eat. And you say, well, I'm going to take a little bit of Chinese and I'll take some steak with that and then throw some spaghetti on there and maybe an enchilada, right? And so I think people today, they have that opportunity with their spiritual diet to not be a part of a local church, 
to wake up Sunday morning and say, well, I think I feel like Stephen Furtick today, or, Mm -hmm. well, I think I feel like listening to some John Piper today, or, well, I think maybe T.D. Jakes is for me, or I'm kind of discouraged, so I'm going to listen to Joel Osteen today, right? That there's all of these different options that people have, and I know many, I've talked to many who are not, many people who call themselves Christians, and I'm not calling into question their faith, but who are not part of a local church, and they say, well, I just watch so-and-so on Sunday or so-and-so on Sunday, and that's, that's my church. And wrong, no. Right. That, that's not how it's supposed to work. That to experience the fullness of the more than a conqueror, supernatural, power-infused, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, kind of life, life, you have to be a part of a local church because this is this is where God has given Christ to as the head and we experience the fullness of him who fills all in all in that context loving one another serving one another encouraging one another praying for one another sacrificing for one another that really all of the gifts of the holy spirit that God has given to us as individuals they're not for us individually but to build up the body so if you're listening to this, you're not part of a local church, man, you got to get, you got to find a place to plug in and, and to, to be blessed and to bless others. So why do you think that is that we've taken so many of these verses in Romans 8 that are, you know, now that I'm looking at it through that lens, it's obviously written to more than one person. Yeah, a group of people. And we've personalized it i mean if god is for us who can be against us you almost always hear it just if, if god, god is, is for me. me yeah well i mean we're, we're living in the most narcissistic me-centered individualistic society ever ever like our our founding documents are this owed to individualism that all men are created equal. I mm-hmm. believe that. Right. Endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. I believe that. The right to live, the right to liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So all of a sudden we're like, that's a that's a God-given right that I can pursue my personal individual happiness? Like we're going to put that on the same level as the right to to live right and the right to live in freedom and then the right to go to six flags and ride a roller coaster it's like what, what or or to pursue happiness but there's no definition given for what happiness is and so it's left up to the individual to determine whatever that is for themselves and that's what it's saying that's what it's implying that you have that right and it's given by God. And I'm not, I'm not saying that you don't, but what I am saying is that it, it influences our culture at every single turn and level so that we're always thinking about ourselves first, which, which is already a big problem for humans naturally. And now our culture doesn't push back on that and says, no, you need to think about the whole and, and how you're a, 
actions affect the whole of your community and your family and the people around you and your church and society. But that's never a thought. That's never an idea. What, what we hear all the time is, well, as long as you're not hurting anybody else, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Not realizing that the majority of what we do affects other people. Right. So I, I think that's a big part of it. Why we just, in, mm-hmm. we, we just read everything that way. And we, our culture caters to individualism. Have it your way, right? That you can, you can order whatever you want, custom-made, tailor-made to the nth degree. So that when I go into Starbucks, <laughs> I mean, my drink is like a 14-step process. Mm-hmm. And if they miss like step eight, you know, I call into question the person's competency or right. iq you know how how could they be so stupid yeah. I, I wanted stevia not sweet and low like what this is trash you know but other other places are not that way like when when i visit japan for example which have you know in the eastern mindset they're coming from a totally separate framework for for who they are as individuals and how mm-hmm. they fit into larger society you can't order stuff that way is it just because you don't know Japanese? No, it's because they, like, if you try and order some, if you try and customize something on the menu, they, they, they can't even fathom that you're trying to do that. It's offensive. It, 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 it's, it's, it's more than offensive. It's, it's beyond the scope of reality. Like the, the, not this last time I was there, but the time before, I don't remember what it was. I think I wanted milk and they only serve milk at breakfast mm. or maybe it's orange juice. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, no, no breakfast is we, we're not serving breakfast. And I was like, well, I know, but I want, I want orange juice. No, no, no. We, it, breakfast is over. But like, do you have orange juice back there? Well, well, yes, of course. Can you put some in a glass and bring it out to me? No, no, of course not. It's, you know, like, this idea of of have it your way and have whatever you want whenever you want it's a very it's very much into our culture and i've kind of gone off on a rabbit trail but without even thinking about it we come to scripture and we just put all of that on there read it through that lens and we kind of miss some of the greater meaning and now that we're having this conversation i wish i would have talked about this (laughs) right (laughs) because to the church right i i listening to your message from Sunday, which was great, but now I'm just thinking how different would the message have been if you approached it from a corporate viewpoint? Which I did. I mean, I used the language here. Right. You, but yes. I didn't explicitly point it out, and so most people probably heard it. Well, when you were talking about it and you know, that we are more than conquerors and we, we can overcome. We. I mean, I, the whole time I'm thinking personally what God has done for me, what he's promised me, you know, no matter what I go through in this life, I have this inheritance waiting. But as, as you, th- but this is, this is, and maybe I need to bring this out more regularly this isn't unique to romans 8 
the the majority of God's, like you said, God's promises to me, the majority of God's promises to you are within the context of you being a part of his people, you being a part of his church, not you as an individual, but you as a part of something bigger than you. The majority of the New Testament is worded that way. And that was really huge for them back then because the church was under such persecution and they needed to identify with each other and take a stand with each other that, yeah, we are all collectively going through this, but if we can all collectively collectively understand what God has promised us, you know, if God is for us, this persecution we are all facing, you know, we may all be beaten tomorrow for what we believe, but who, who can stop what God has planned for us? Right. Whereas here, you know, if, if we get in a disagreement with someone here at this church, we, we have 300,000 other churches in San Antonio to yeah. go be a part of another community. Right. And so maybe, maybe that's part of it. The have it your way church too is um, just keeps us from having this viewpoint where we're just such a, we, we should be as Christians, part of the body, such a close knit community where when one person hurts, we hurt. When one person's going through something, we're all facing it together. When, when one person has a disagreement, or two people, or three people, you actually work it out instead of just leaving. Right. You know, imagine that. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 unheard of. Right. Well, yeah, and it's like you say. I mean, in these in these er, in the early church, most cities had one church, and I mean, on Callahan Road, you can pass up three churches before you get to I ten. You know. I mean, it's just—it's not just a church on every corner. It's yeah, we're, we're everywhere, which is which is good. In in the sense that hopefully we're reaching people, but it's it's also not good in in that there's a lack of commitment to each other, right? And uh, or a. a um, a commitment that's not not strong enough to to carry through hardship or difficulty. So anyway, <laughs> I want to encourage you with that to to read Romans eight again with that lens. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to do that, and not just Romans eight, like you said, other passages in the New Testament as well. So, the, like the other thing too is that um, the New Testament, as it's written the authors there's there is no category there's no place for this idea of a christian who's not a part of a local church like this idea is is not anywhere in the new testament it's it's not even in existence so being a christian means that you're part of the body of christ that you're plugged in somewhere to a local church whether it's huge Thousands of people part of the local church. We see there's large churches in Jerusalem 
they had over 5,000 people very quickly in the local church in Jerusalem. Some of the church is very small, handful of people. The size doesn't matter. What matters is that you're plugged into a place where you are hearing God's word taught faithfully, sharing in communion with other believers and are growing in your faith and walk with the Lord and have an opportunity to share the love of God and to use your gifts and talents to bless and to build up others in Christ. That's what a local church is. And every Christian needs to be a part of one to experience the fullness of the Christian life, the eternal life that God has for every Christian. Why do you think maybe that's not stressed enough from the pulpit? Do you think it's because then it sounds like you're you're telling the people that are there to be a part of our church, be you know, you need to get plugged into a church which we all believe, but saying that from the pulpit and stressing the community is is almost like telling people they need to be a part of our church. Maybe um, it can, yeah. You could, you could be af- afraid that it comes off as seeing being seen as self-serving, which it, it it's it's really not. I mean, you're really wanting to to serve and to bless the individual. I I know of some. I know I have a few friends and family who are saved, but they're not plugged into a church. But I don't think they understand the significance of that and the importance of it. Right. Yeah, so that, I mean, that really means that, that everybody's, everybody loses. They're missing out. And then other people that God would bless through them and their unique spiritual gifting that they could bring to the body, we're missing out. And we're ultimately weaker as a body than what we could be if, I mean, imagine if everyone who was a Christian was an active part of a local church. That would, that would transform a, a culture, transform a city. Right. I mean, probably, probably half, maybe less than half of professing Christians are regular church attenders I'm not and I'm not just talking about attending yeah Sunday service I'm talking about actively involved in what's happening in the lives of of fellow believers encouraging them in an intentional way serving them loving them giving towards one another imagine if all of God's people were a part of that it would it would it'd be amazing and that was happening with the early church that towns were being it transformed says, turned, yeah, turned upside, upside down. down yeah right temples were shutting down right yeah prostitution going out of business fortune telling going out of business yeah really having an impact on the culture so i i don't know i don't i don't that's a really good question why don't you stress it more um I don't know. Something to think about. Something to pray about. Yeah. So was that anything well, else? I, I Any- can tell you why. <laughs> as I as I think about it a little bit more, you know, it goes back to this idea of a me centered culture. People are thinking, "What's in it for me?" That's 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 just what we're always thinking. We're thinking, "What's in it for me?" And what will I get? 
if I invest my time, energy, effort into this, what will I get? That's how people think. And so, unfortunately, a lot of times we as pastors are even without being conscious of it, lured into appealing to people through that lens or appealing to people in that way because we know that a lot of people are motivated in that way and think that way. What's the best bang for my buck and my time, blah, 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 blah. And so we say, come on out to this event and this is what you will get. And so, so many times we're, we ourselves, so it's like kind of a chicken and an egg situation because we want people to be involved. It'll be good for them. It'll be good for everyone. But to get people involved, you appeal to their, what they will personally get, what they will get out of it. And then in doing that, you're kind of perpetuating this me-centered culture so so we're not going to have giveaways at the uh (laughs) christmas event i'm going to keep all the kinder scott well i mean that's that's one thing but like uh today i was i was you know talking with uh some some of the pastors that are coming to missions conference and i was thinking about well man we got to get our people out to to come on the night services for missions conference. And I was thinking because they, they need to come in to hear these messages and to come and hear from God. I know that, that they will be blessed if they come. It's not about the offerings. It's, it's not about like, it, it will be so good for them mm-hmm. to be here in, in the worship and, and the message and, so I was thinking, okay, uh, you know, January's coming up. We're going to get through Christmas pretty soon. And, and how can I, what, what can I say to, to get people out? And I was already thinking, you got to come out. You're going to be blessed. God's going to speak to you. Yeah. Your life will be changed and touched and transformed. And I believe all of that. And that's why I want them to come. But again, it's appealing to the what's in it for me thought and mindset and, you know, you, you, we just fall into that, into doing that all the time. And I'm not sure if I'm going to even put, leave any of this still on the podcast because it's kind of like, what are we even talking about at this point? But anyway, if you listen this long, God bless you. I hope this is edifying for you. It's edifying me. Okay, good. That's so what that's, it's all about. That's what, <laughs> as long as I'm getting edified, then that's all that matters. But I think I think that's part of it. That's that that you know. Ho- hopefully, pastors are a pretty good student of human nature, and we understand people and what motivates people. And so we we speak to that idea. You know, come on out to KBI. You're going to learn God's word. Your your life is going to be changed. You're, you're going to grow in your walk with the Lord. And so we're we're constantly appealing to the self-centered motivation. At the same time, I know that if someone grows in God's word, they're going to be a blessing to others. If a husband grows in God's word, he's going to be a better husband, father, member of his community, better family member, better employee. You know, it's not just about him or her, the mother. It's It's about expanding the kingdom of God at large, 
But sometimes you wonder, like, if I talk about those things, is it so detached from where people are right now and the vision that they have for their life and the struggles they're having day in and day out that it's not even going to be speaking to them in a language that they understand? And so you, you kind of appeal to the base level right? motivations, but in doing so, you were per- perpetuating a me-centered culture even within the church. Right, because as soon as they're not getting that. Right. Well, I came to KBI, my life wasn't transformed. So I, was, I went two times. Yeah. Like, I guess it's not for me. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's a good point. Something to think about, consider, meditate on. Well, so this this has been an awesome series. That's why you got to get in community groups. Yes, starting in February, yeah. come to join a community group. Yeah, I've I've like super enjoyed going through Romans eight. Uh, eight weeks seemed to go by pretty quick. I guess I only did seven. You did one. That's right. Which I think you had one of the more difficult messages, but you still hit it out of the park. Thanks. Which was awesome. So what's coming up the rest of December? Yeah, so we got, uh, as, as far as, as Sundays. what you'll be teaching. Yeah, we got uh, two Christmas messages. So I, I guess that'll be season four of the podcast. Mm. And Is uh, that going to be like a mini series or are they both going to be standalone? They'll probably be standalone. Uh, I mean, if it was going to be a mini series, it would be about as many as a series could be two weeks. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm, it's only Tuesday and so I don't have Sunday figured out yet. But I'm thinking about having this coming Sunday be more theological, mm. like John chapter one, mm-hmm. like the like incarnation, the word become flesh. And then next Sunday, the Sunday before Christmas, the 22nd, probably look more at the Christmas story, Luke chapter two. Great. Have it be a more Christmassy kind of message. Mm-hmm. So yeah, pro- as, I'm, as I'm thinking out loud, yeah, this Sunday will probably be John 1 and the significance of God becoming a man and the reason why and, and the implications of that. Sweet. And then I will be closing out 2019. Yeah, you've got the last the last sermon. That's right. For 2019. So you don't want to miss that. Yeah, because I'll be in Mexico with the Lees. Yeah. And Heather will be in Mexico ministering in Monterrey. You said that really good. Well, I've had a lot of practice at Las Palapas ordering mm-hmm. the Monterrey enchiladas. <laughs> My favorite enchiladas. Oh, those, man, I miss those enchiladas. I really do. You could probably get them without the chicken. Or the cheese. Or the cheese or, the or the sour, sour cream. cream. Can Ch- I have a tortilla, please? Can I have a tortilla and ranchero sauce, please? All right. Well, I think that's a wrap. Yeah, wrap on season three. That was that was man the best season so far of the podcast, Destiny Midweek. Thanks for tuning in. And don't forget, if you've made it this far, then you're definitely uh one of our committed listeners, so you probably won't forget about the family Christmas night. But we're looking forward to seeing you tonight. Have a great rest of your week.